0: Our guest on this episode of Coffee Shop Conversations is Mike Yuva. Mike is a retired grip in the Hollywood movie industry and the commercial industry. And he's also an author of a book called The Grip Book and Crew Speak and many others. We're going to talk about some of those books today. And we're going to learn about what it is exactly that Mike does. Thanks for joining me, Mike, on the podcast. Well, hi, Forrest. Thanks for having me. This is great talking to you again after all these years. Let's see. You asked me what I do. I kind of, guy just couldn't hold a job, so I got into the film industry. I do many jobs and none of them well. (laughs) Well, you were a key grip. I think that's what kind of got us introduced because you were a key grip and you wrote the grip book. Tell us about the grip book, what it is, and who's it for?
1: Well, when I first got in the industry, you don't know anything. You're the new person on that on the crew so they say mike run over and get me an offset okay and i'd run to the truck ask the driver what's give me an offset i have no idea so ask me an offset i run back handed advice okay mike go over and get me a couple of grip clips. I run in the truck and say, give me some grip clips. And he hands me some grip clips. Then I run back, hand it to the boss. They go, okay, Mike, go over there and get me some fingers and dots. And I run in the truck and nobody's on the truck. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. And I'm searching what looks like fingers, what looks like dots. So I run back to the key grip. What are fingers and dots? There's nobody on the truck. So he says, oh, they're little round things. Like you know, They're in the bottom of the drawer. So I run back to the truck. So I'm out of breath by about 15 minutes into my day. And I feel like oh my goodness, i got to get pictures of all this stuff. So I started taking notes, and then I'd take photographs with the old Polaroids when they had those, you know, and I'd write. I always carry a little notebook in my pocket, so I'd write it down, and at the end of the day, I had like 10, 12 notes, and 10, 12 notes became 20, 30, 40, 50, and I ended up with a 1,000 pages of notes, and I'm reading it. What did I mean by this? What did I mean by that? And so I started putting it together, and I had this little... Homemade notebook and then the new people would be coming in. I said, oh, it looks like this. And so I started sharing it. Hey, man, you ought to make that into a book. So organically, it just kind of grew. And so I started helping people out. Of course, I was going to run down and buy a book on gripping, but there was no grip books. It was a very tight industry. And it is kind of a tight industry, as you know. And nobody kind of wanted to give up their secret information, like what a sandbag was or what a, a wedge was. You know, they, they want to keep it to themselves to keep the job. And I'm of the belief if you're good at what you're doing, doesn't matter what the other people are. just know your craft, know it well and be the best of it. You're going to work. And so I share the wealth and all the people that what a little bit of knowledge I had gathered, we kind of started bonding together. And then they started hiring one person, two people, four people. And we became our own little group. And that's just how we
0: kind of grew. And the book just kind of came out of it, like I say, organically. I have the fifth edition in my hand. I know you're going to be releasing the seventh edition.
1: Yeah. My publisher asked me to do the seventh grip book, which is going to be a lot more illustrations because I can explain stuff, but the proverbial picture is worth a thousand words, as we already know. So I'll say, this is how I do it. Or I did it then. They got the new and improved waves, and this is one of the many ways to get it done. But when you don't know any ways, it's nice to know at least one way. But try this, use, you know, the best you can. And then I always use the caveat, kids, don't try this at home. Batteries not included. Work with a skilled professional so I don't get my butt sued. A cameraman I once worked with, he says, my biggest fear, Mike, honest to God, my biggest fear, I'm going to get a crew in some little tiny city. In the middle of no place, and they're all gonna to come to set and they're all gonna have the little silver first edition grip book in their back pocket. I'm gonna, oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, at least you get the basics out of it. <laughs> you know, so it was a nice compliment. What what stuff did you work on as a grip? I tried to stay
1: in the commercial zone. I did some TV shows, uh there's a TV show I did Bones and some other ones, uh Dirty Sexy Money and Episodic. It's fun is is very lucrative because you put in 70 80 hours a week you're making good money you're in the time and a half double time but it destroys your your life stop and think if you're putting in 40 hours now double it doesn't mean at the end of 80 hours in that week that you feel just twice as bad you feel four times as bad but it's good solid money now commercial you make a big chunk of cheese of money and but you do it for a very short time. And with commercials, I was able to travel all over the world. If you have your listeners go on the Internet and look up Mikhail Gorbachev, Pizza Hut. I did that in like 1984, 88, right around there. We did a Pizza Hut commercial. I'm thinking, here's a guy who quit high school, joined the Marines, ends up in the film industry. And I'm in Moscow in the Red Square St- sit next to Gorbachev. I said, "Who? no one's going to believe this. I didn't believe it. I was there. So it was very exciting. And all I had to do was beat everybody else to work, be on time, know my craft as good as everybody else, and a little bit more. And you're always going to be in that 10%. And you're always going to get chose when they're picking teams, two sides. You're going to be maybe not the first pick, but you're going to be number three or
0: four. I'm okay with three or four as long as I was on the team. That's great advice to anyone who's getting involved in films or commercials. How many years did you grip? Well, okay, good exa- uh, good it depends what your start date is. I got out of the Marines
1: 1976. That's how old I am. Oh boy. And, uh, then my brother-in-law, who was dating my sister at the time, was a grip and they needed an extra body, an extra basically a schlep. Somebody had to carry in the heavy stuff. Hey, you want to try this stuff? So I went with him and I did a Jack in the Box commercial. And I'm looking around and I'm going, you guys get paid how much to do this? This is nothing. And I was an aircraft mechanic in the Marines. I said, I can easily carry sandbags for three times the money. So, you know, and it sounds terrible, but I was highly motivated by an income. I had no other way to go without a high school education. So I got into that. And then I quit and I decided to go to school, got my certified license through the FAA to become a licensed aircraft mechanic where I could then work any place in the world on anything that flies. Now I'm real kind of cocky because I'm sure of myself I have an ability that I can always fall back on. Then an opportunity came up, said, oh, Mike, we have this commercial. It's three weeks long and you're going to probably make about $15,000. Now I'm making 20000 a year as an aircraft mechanic. And I'm going to make 15000 in a week. So I said, when's it starting? He said, three weeks. Great. I'm giving you two weeks notice, boss. <laughs> I gave my boss two weeks notice, and I was out of there. <laughs> Never looked back. And the so, rest is history. Be- yeah. So between 1976, 1979, let's say 80 yeah. is the start time. So what's that? Counting, uh, that's over 35, 40 years, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, that's 40. Uh, 40- 1980 makes it 42 right now. So, if I had my shoes off, I would have been able to count that. Yeah. Well, you should have kept, you you should have been prepared for this interview, Mike. (laughs) Darn it. But uh, you wore shoes. So, I'm losing a step. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I did the math in my head. You're quick. You get the grip book, but you also have Grip Speak. I like it because it's got pictures. It's almost like a dictionary. Absolutely. I, I kind of called that, I I think the original name was a Quick Uh, Or griptionary, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And so,
1: and because every you don't, you know, you don't need the history of how a clock works, you just want to know what time it is. Well, the grip book is telling you how to build the clock. And this is saying, This is a C stand, this is what it looks like, this is what it can do. Next, sandbag what it looks like, what it weighs next. So it was a quick reference, and we can bounce through there, you know, a lot faster And the pictures, like I say
0: are worth a thousand words. It's the kind of book that you could have on a set and you could look it up very quickly. And then you got your famous comics mixed throughout, which I love.
1: Yeah, everybody has, you have a, a, a boss at work, right? And you always have a picture of who that boss either looks like, acts like, sounds like, whatever. Well, on a movie set, you're sitting on a box in between takes while they're filming. You're very quiet like a mouse, So you have time to look around. And so I kind of put a cartoon character to each one, what I call my point of view, what their point of view may be is, and then what the world's point of view is. So I kind of made these three different frames of each one, and it's kind of funny, like a producer sees himself on top of a mountain with a basket of money, and he's spreading it to the whole crew. And then the world sees a producer as some fat cat, you know, in a convertible with some good-looking ladies sitting next to him as a male producer in this case, and then uh, the crew sees him as Satan over a cauldron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding. But it's you know we all have those tongue-in-cheeks, and it was so much fun, and people got a lot of kick out of it. I don't think I could sell that book in today's world as much because people get so insulted by it. So I think I had my company take it down. I'm not sure or not. I have to. Oh, check. that's too bad because it's a really good book. Well, it was never meant to insult anybody, but on set, give you an, an example. You cannot walk on a set and say, "You look nice today." They've actually tell you, "You say good morning." I mean, that's limiting right there. It's really gotten a little sketchy, and the jokes that we used years ago, anything off color is gone. So you really, you know, it's a plighter world, and should be that way. But yet, it was so, it was such a quick slamming. So I don't know. I, I, you know, I think my dinosaur
0: days have come and a meteor took me out. Well, you still got some great information here. Take the pictures out or something. I don't know. Am I giving you uh, publishing advice now? I don't need to do that. You're doing fantastic. I love talking
1: to you, Mr. Forrest. You're wonderful. Well,
0: I want this book as an electronic book. You can take your cartoons out if you're worried about it. But the the information's got to stay. I wouldn't call you a dinosaur. I would call you... The, the wise man on the mountain uh, <laughs> who has done this for so many years, you can help so many people and you have with your books. It's the best when you, when somebody comes up like yourself and says, thank you. It's kind of, it's a little bit
1: humbling because who am I to think that I can do this stuff? Matter of fact, I had one person ask me, said, who do you think you are? I got third. he said, talking about himself. I got 30 years in the business and you've got eight and you wrote this book on gripping. And I was honest with him. I said, I'll tell you right now, I would have bought your book when I first started had you written it, but you didn't. (laughs) So I had to help all my family and friends out. And he got a little upset, but that was the end of that conversation. You know, so that's
0: the truth. It is the truth. I learned a long time ago if I tell the truth, I don't have to remember what I said. And then sometimes you forget what you said anyhow. You go, what was the (laughs) truth? (laughs) You've written a bunch of different books, you have a coloring book also which I have, I don't have it in my hand right now. Uh, it used to come with crayons for us, but the grips kept eating them. When I got mine, it did come with crayons and they were tasty. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying you shouldn't have put such tasty crayons in the book and, and people won't eat them. I love it. Well, there there's a saying on the set. It says you can always tell a grip. Problem is you can't tell them much. And so you decide to only do that for the next 30 or 40 years. You got it. Before we go, we're going to have you on again. I just want to mention that Mike is not just an author of books. He's also a Santa Claus now that he's retired from the gripping world. And we're going to talk more about that. If you could see what I see right now, he looks like Santa and he's got this awesome room with airplanes and mist and lights. And I I just I kind of wish I was in that room right now. It looks like a magical place. Basically, you're 100% right. I built a little
1: movie studio in my spare bedroom, which used to be my office. And I get to broadcast to the kids. I do some live action videos. And I get to do personalized one to five minutes videos through a company, which we'll discuss uh, next time. But it's just, it's the best job. I, I didn't become Santa to make money, although it pays well. But I just do it and seeing the joy on the kids, sort of like seeing the joy on your face, you know, when you got your uh we spoke together and you hear yeah. it in your voice. The people, oh my goodness, it's Mike Huben. And I go, Yeah? Where? Who's this Mike Huba? Yeah. You know, it's it's all smoke and mirror, but it's fun to see
0: people to lift them up and that's the best. You've shared your knowledge over the years with your grip book, you're doing the Santa Claus thing. You're one in a million. And I'm not blowing smoke like your machine is behind you. <laughs> <laughs> good one. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: you're quick. you good.
0: I want to thank cool. you for being on the podcast today, Mike. And I look forward to talking to you again. This is wonderful. Wonderful being on your show, I can tell you. Thank you, Mike.